Welcome to the Ask Weldon Show, episode 245, Peak Performance for FPS and MOBAs versus MOBAs, Coaching on Stage and Alternatives to Mindfulness. We're back. After a four-month hiatus where I moved to the United States from Finland, moved back to the United States from Finland, and along with my entire family, and um, coached the spring split for CLG, I finally recaptured enough of my zest and energy and sleep and free time to kick off the podcast again. So I'm going to attempt to try to keep doing the podcast on a da- on the daily. Now that it's all set up, I have all my graphics and Streamlabs, uh, OBS, and everything going smooth. I think that I can keep spitting it out like I was before. So you should be able to check that out on every channel that the podcast is on. That is, it will be in iTunes. It will be on YouTube. It will be here on Twitch as well. Twitch is the only place that it's live. And then I put it back onto... Uh, oh, shoot. I'm supposed to start recording. There we go. And then I put it back onto YouTube, uh, you know, after it's live. Um, and you can, of course, also listen to it on the Anchor app, which is how I get my questions submitted as well. So you can check that out. Uh, i get rid of this chat box. There we go. You can check that out also and submit a question. The way that it works is you get the Anchor app or you go to the Anchor website, anchor.fm. Anchor spelled like the boat anchor, uh, or I think they have an Android app too. And then you go to my podcast, which is anchor.fm slash Weldon, maybe? Or Weldon, Weldon Green? Anyway, it's linked below the stream, I think. Um, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me double check this. Anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. Anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. That's right anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. And you can uh, submit, you can listen to the podcast there. You can also uh, add me on the Anchor app and then submit questions for the show by calling them in. I do call in questions so that they're audio questions that you hear on the show. That's how you do it. So yeah, anyway, today we have three questions from three listeners. These are questions that were submitted actually back in December. So thank you for your patience, everybody. We'll be catching up as people submit more questions. And after I'm done with all these questions, uh, the show ends as far as the podcast and YouTube is concerned. And then I go back to Twitch uh, where I hang out with the audience live and we we get more into depth with the topics and with the questions that they have. So make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to it on your phone, to come by when I'm casting it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash mygamesweldon and turn on notifications so you know when I go live because right now I'm boot camping. So it's at a different time every single day. Um, then you'll be able to join us and and get the show live. All right, let's jump into the first question. Okay. Hi, well then. Uh, My name is Marcos, and I would like to give you some context before my question. So, I'm building my coaching philosophy right now for esports. And after watching your episodes, I feel pretty brainwashed for the idea that um, mindfulness and focusing on the present are the number one mental skills for esports athletes. Um, At least that's what I think you think. Uh, Please correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, I'd like you to you to challenge this idea. 
So if you have to choose one other skill or technique other than mindfulness and uh, focusing on the present, what would it be? Uh, why would you choose choose that? And how would you coach it? Uh, thanks a lot. All right. So basically the question is, and thank you, uh, Marcus, for the question. Basically the question is, after mindfulness, what is the number one kind of skill for esport athletes? And I think that actually this varies game by game. But if I was going to go by what what makes you good at every game, uh, I would have to say hand-eye coordination, obviously. I think uh, you have to coordinate your visual stimuli with pressing coordination of like four different fingers in your arm and your mouse. So mouse accuracy, mouse speed. Mouse accuracy, mouse speed. I think that once you're... Once you're past mindfulness and the ability to learn, to focus on the present, which which enhances your learning and your ability to adapt to the game and to overcome trials and tribulations and to stay focused on performance, the next most important actual skill is mouse speed and mouse accuracy. And it's debatable whether that's the primary skill or not. Like I think that mindfulness and flow state is how you develop mouse speed and mouse accuracy. Um, and I think that if you have mouse speed and mouse accuracy, you can't go pro unless you can perform which is to like focus on getting better all the time and learning the game, which takes a certain amount of uh, flow state and present moment focus. So is it a chicken and egg kind of thing? I obviously tend toward learning as the primary thing because I know lots of people that have fantastically accurate fast mouths or mouses that can't learn to do eSport. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, that's how I would answer that question. So thank you, Marcus, for that question if we're talking about only mental skills like just purely mental skills like nothing to do with the physical um then i would say this is a little ambiguous but kind of like the ability to learn so the ability to structure learning to say i want to do this thing and i'm going to do it until i figure it out and this can be formal or informal so it can be formal learning where you create you review your vods and you take a make a list of the skills you want to learn and then you make a to-do list, and then you focus on them in the game, or it can be completely automatic, where you play and you're like, oh, that's really frustrating, and you try to tackle it a bunch of times, uh, just consciously, sub like a little subconsciously, you're just drilling yourself at it, because you're trying to get over that hump, and then you and then you hit it. So that kind of innate, I don't want to say perfectionism, because that's, perfectionism is like the highest order of that, and it has double-edged swords, so there's a bad side and a good side, but I would say like, curiosity or drive uh, or imperative towards learning or towards uh, achieving something over and over and over again and improving on it. So yeah, I guess the drive towards self-improvement, I think is the number is the number two thing. We're just talking about purely mental skills and not uh, getting into the physical aspect of eSport. Okay, question number two. Also from Marcus. Hi, Weldon. Uh, it's Marcus. I wanted to ask you a quick question on uh, the coach's role on stage. So what is your role uh, on stage with CLG? Because there's another person doing pick and ban, so I was just wondering. And it would be nice if you could... Uh, like elaborate on the coach's role in general on stage, like especially in a situation when the coach is not taking a lot of part in the 
tactical or strategical side of the game, uh, like picking bands. So what what the coach can do or should do. Uh, have a good, great show and thanks. Thanks a lot. Okay, so two parts of this question. What do I do on stage and what, do co- what is the coach's role on stage? So I basically go on stage and I have a list of the things that uh, uh, the contingency plans. So Irene comes on with the basic draft patterns and then I'm trying to remember a lot of the little niggly specific things that are edge cases. And in case they come up, I'm just looking for them as warning signs. Uh, and then on top of that, I'm talking a lot or pretending to talk a lot to throw off the opposing coaches. So I'm mouthing a lot of words that I'm not actually saying. like So that the uh, opposing coaches don't know who to pay attention to in terms of who's talking to who. Uh, just because some coaches on opposing teams do that and some don't. So I just don't want to make it easy for them to tell if Irene's talking to our top laner or if Irene is talking to our mid laner. So I'm pretending also to talk. Uh, and then also, by the way, because when the camera focuses on the coach, it's really boring if the coach is just sitting there going like this. So it just looks better on the broadcast if the coach looks like they're talking. Uh, and then the the third thing that I'm doing is uh, at the end of the uh, selection, making sure that the team knows their win condition and is aware of the strengths, weaknesses, and threats the opposing team's win condition proposes. So like how it is that you want to fundamentally fight in the mid game and in the, like what the win condition for the composition is, making sure everybody's clear on their roles. Uh, Basically all the work is done, you know, before that point. So I'm up there to make sure that nothing goes wrong or in case the draft goes drastically wrong to fire them up. Uh, Because there are cases where the draft can end up with a super early in comp and then everybody needs to be, you know, reassure that like, okay, this is an early in comp. You guys have to win. Like, put the pressure on. Uh, don't, don't just piddle around and hope that you're going to outscale. You know, uh, make sure your pedal it's pedal to the metal. And that's a really, uh, for example, that happened in the um, the final Echo Fox game, right, where they where Song was really prepared for Irene and they uh, outdrafted us with that acid encounter pick, which they had never shown before, and they so they had that prepped. And so we ended up with this with a very early game comp um, and then executed on it, right? Every Nobody like shied away from it. They didn't sit around and pretend like they were going to win in the late game. They actually just drove super, super, super hard and tried to, tried to uh, snowball. So I was really proud of them for that particular game. But that's kind of like what I'm there for. And then what is the job of a coach on stage? Uh, it depends on the game completely. Essentially, all of your work is done by the time that you get to the coaching portion of most games like if you're looking at soccer coaches or basketball coaches or coaches that are just kind of making substitutions in the game or shouting from the sideline uh all your job is in the is in the prep so you're just there to make sure the to shout mantra not mantras but to trigger the training so the players have this training and they have these things and they might get distracted from them and then you shout something like remember to keep your eye on the ball and then they're like okay calm down take a deep breath keep an eye on the ball and they remember their training uh, you're there for those purposes, like a uh, outside perspective. And then in case in cases like NBA 2K, where the coach actually gets to call during the game and listen during the game and talk during the game, then you're actually a sixth player. So there are esports where you are a sixth player instead of a coach. And that's a completely different thing. And you should consider 
those sports where they call the person a coach actually to consider them as a skilled player who is participating in the game because they actually get to communicate during the game and be an in-game leader. So that's a, I would not consider that coaching element of the game, right? That's an in-game leader kind of thing. All right, question number three. From Ben. Hi, Weldon. Uh, just a quick question um, that I'm not sure if you've ever brushed on before. Um, I know most of the coaching that you do is for League of Legends, but you've also mentioned that you have played Counter-Strike in the past. Uh, I'm just wondering what major differences when it comes to reaching that uh, flow state or peak performance do FPS players encounter that's different than maybe a mobile player might experience? All right. Thank you, Ben, for that question. I think that they're very different skill sets. So FPS in flow, when you're, when you're playing an FPS, you can focus a lot on uh, the current round and you can focus a lot on um, resetting. So you're resetting between every single round mentally, physically. Uh, it's kind of like tennis where you're always equal to your opponent. It's just the score is different. In MOBAs, that's not the case. In MOBAs, you have to continuously adapt to the game state. So you get weaker and weaker as your opponents get stronger and stronger when you fall behind. And so, whereas in FPS, as you're training to always execute like the same game plan, or maybe you're slightly weaker or slightly stronger, like in places like Counter-Strike, where you can have economy. Um, but in a MOBA, you are essentially like playing a different game depending on the game state. So if you are 10k gold behind and it's 20 minutes, you're playing a different game than if you're even or if you're ahead. So you have to learn all those games and then you have to adjust to that game and you have to take higher risks, higher and higher risks uh, and play with a much riskier uh, strategy like as the game devolves. And you really have to know your win condition as well because it's different in every single composition. So there's a lot more... I would say strategy on the like the chess side of it or the hearthstone side of it where you're thinking in terms of you know what is my what is my deck what are the possible moves what are the things they can be doing um, in a very uh, risk analysis kind of way whereas in counter-strike I feel like it's a lot more fluid uh, and, and also in other FPSs where it's like there's a game state you reset it Kind of in a, on a regular in a regular pattern, um, and you are trying to get in the zone with your team in terms of being in sync in a play pattern. So you're trying to get that formation and hold it, and then you're really focusing on your accuracy of your of your shots. Essentially, like it's all about just accuracy uh, and your physical skills. So I think that they're actually they they play out very differently in how it is that you focus. I think that and MOBAs are a bit more like a marathon, and FPSs are a bit more like a tennis match. So a marathon is a highly strategic race that involves insane focus, and it shifts like in the first minute you can make an error that impacts you for the next three hours, and then you need to adjust the next two hours and fifty nine minutes. You need to constantly be adjusting your strategy because of that error you made in the first minute. Um, 
And so every single decision you make kind of snowballs that out of control, which is why, uh, but you can't give up, right? You still try to the end. So that's why marathon is such a hard race to master. Like once people get into their physical peaks at age 28, it takes three to four years of running marathons with that physical body uh, at its peak level before people start to really show up on the world stage. And that's because of the strategy involved in the race and the mental resilience required to kind of like know how it is that you run it. And then for tennis, you know, it's just like, it's about that mental reset. It's about getting the edge and coordination on the round by round, uh, point by point level, match by match, game by game, point by point level. And so I think that that's, that's kind of like a, it's a, it's, it involves a lot of the same processes in the brain, you know, like mindfulness and non-judgmental focus and present state focus. But the way they're deployed with your self-talk and with the breathing patterns you have, and I mean breathing, sorry, the break patterns. Like in tennis, you get a you get a little bit of break, you know, after a few minutes. So you, you can get all these habits where you kind of step off the court, you spin your racket around, you know, you have these moments of low focus and then intense focus and then low focus, and intense focus. These reset, lots of opportunity for self-talk. Um, whereas in MOBAs, you're training a completely different way. You know, you're training for like a 40-minute block of nonstop go, 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 go with zero breaks at all. Uh, and the moment that you let slack a little bit in the line is an opportunity for the opponent to win. All right. So that's my answer. That's the show. Thank you for tuning in today. Make sure to check out um, the show live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash mindgames. Well then, and also if you're here live with me or watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notifications. They'll be on iTunes and also on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Green for submitting your questions to the show. And I'm going to hop back into live chat and discuss this, uh, the content of the show and answer questions at Twitch. So I will see you guys next time.